0: So hello to everyone, this is our first online video recorded fellow cast, it's also going to be on SoundCloud as usual, but today for today's or tonight's discussion, I have Pastor Rob with us and Pastor Garth for Nikak. you guys can say how's it to the listeners and to the viewers.
1: Good evening, good evening, how's it Garth?
0: Hi everybody,
1: hi Baldu, hi
0: Rob. Good to be with you, even though we are in lockdown and in our own homes. Uh, It's good to have this. I'm looking forward to this discussion at least. And tonight's discussion is on the end times. There's a lot of people um, confused. There's a lot of people in fear. A lot of people don't really worry at all. Um, But I think the three of us have come together tonight to just try and bring some kind of balance to this conversation and and, and give a biblical perspective of the times that we are in and also um, what the Bible says about Things like disease and famines and, you know, pestilence and all the scriptures we can pull up. So the first question I want to uh, throw at you guys um, is what are what are the different end time views among scholars? Um, I suppose biblical scholars, because I'm sure there will be different views from a worldly perspective. But just in terms of what the Bible says and people who study the Bible, what are some of the different views um, classified as?
2: Mm. Rob, and I'll hand over to you for the details there. Perfect.
0: Um,
2: in broad views, without putting names to it or anything or labels, um, there's people who believe that by the time 400, because um, the book of Revelation was round about the time of 100, and by the time 400, um, the Bible, as we know it today, was agreed upon as this is the authoritative word of God. Um, so there's people that believe by that time everything... Um, Future prophecy in the the scriptures of the full the end times of the full. There's good reason for that because around about that time um, The Empire changed it became a Christian Empire And so the old Roman Empire as it was that persecuted the Christians came to an end So it probably looked like a thousand year peace entering or something Mm. and then after that these people Uh, who uh, quite idealistically would say there's no historical fulfillment of this. Um, It's just figures used, and it's not reason to pointing to historical events uh, that Jesus revealed. Then there are people that say everything must still be revealed, so we haven't seen anything of the end time. And then obviously the in-betweens, that's saying now we are busy with the fulfillment of Scripture. Um, so that's sort of the broad views of it. Yeah. Um, so you find guys who would say, let's um, let's find every one of those prophecies and find the historical fulfillment of every one of them. I think that brings us into a lot of confusion, hey, Rob, because that says, all right, then Hitler was this guy and yeah. that guy, the Second World War, was this. Um, if we go down that road, it gets very confusing. And um, we, as Rob said the other day in a in a sermon, you make a, a chance of embarrassing yourself a couple of years later.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, just to add a couple of things uh, in there, Volder. I think that at a time like this, what, what people are asking is the questions concerning the tribulation, questions concerning rapture. Um, yeah. Is this the, the tribulation that is spoken of? Is this something that is that is going to happen? And um, when, when we begin to look at that, as Garth has said, you've got different views on all of these. And, and uh, you know, when you put them into the millennial view was what what Garth hinted at um, after Constantine took over, the thousand-year reign, um, where Jesus would reign in, in, in a, a church that was... Going well, the the devil wouldn't be there, so I guess we're not there yet. Um, but that, that's a, a millennial. Those we call those the millennial views, um, and the millennialists, a millennialists, um, they they don't believe that that the thousand years is a literal thousand years, but they believe it's the age of the church, which we obviously would be then in, which would be the present of what God was talking about. Um, there are post millennialists. Um, and they believe that there's a golden age um, that the church will be in just before the return of Jesus, which kind of doesn't look like that right now. And then you, you'll have the, the pre-millennialists who, who say that, you know, um, they hold on to this, after the tribulation, Jesus is going to come. And, and, and then you will have this this uh, golden age, so it all hinges on on our understanding of of the when Jesus comes back. Yeah, the whole thing is about when is Jesus coming back, um, and and if we we look at the tribulation um, and and the various different end times, different people think that different things are going to happen. So um, if you believe in a rapture, um, you could almost the the people who believe in a rapture into uh, a double return of Jesus Hmm. because they kind of believe um, that reading from and I suppose we should just throw some of the scriptures um, out there they kind of believe from 1 Thessalonians um, that uh, I read it from verse 14 for we believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring Jesus Though with Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from the heavens with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so that we will be with the Lord forever. Um, and so we have this kind of picture of, is this the end? Or is there going to be something afterwards? So if you believe that that, that the rapture takes place before the tribulation, which is the pre-trib geist, um, they would say, no, you. Jesus comes and fetches us then later he comes back and, and has a judgment. Yeah. If you believe that it, that that the the, the uh, rapture takes place during the, what's it, three and a half years in to the, the tribulation, well then it's still a second coming because he comes and fetches us and then comes back later. Yeah. And if we believe that it, that it's post, well then there's a possibility. Which really means that the tribulation doesn't make any difference to those of us uh, who are born again or not, yeah. because we're still going to go through that tribulation. Absolutely. So when we look when we look at this whole thing of rapture, um, it's kind of like, do we have an escape route? Um, you know, will we be let off yeah. out of this thing? Um, and I don't want to make any any uh, criticism. But it kind of feels like me that to me that um, is it possible that Jesus comes back, takes the Christians, then comes back and defeats Satan, yeah. you know, uh, Revelation um, I 19. I have problems with that, and I'll, I'll
0: explain to you why I have um, some problems with that. I really... But I, though, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a really good thought. And I know that Garth, because we've spoken about this before, and I, I think a lot of people who talk about the rapture, whether you believe in it or don't believe in it, it's almost like you're saying it's that um, that Christians will be taken away and saved from the tribulation. But I know in our discussion before God, which was really interesting to me, was you mentioned that it sounds more like the unbelievers are taken away um, and it's the, 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 the believers that stay on, on earth. I don't know if you want to explain a little bit into that and and then, Pastor Rob, you can jump back in. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> Ah, I think
2: we spoke about Matthew 24 yeah. uh, when he says um, uh, two will be in the field and um, one will be taken away and the other one will be left behind, two will be in the bed, one will be taken. Um, so the typical Tim Lahey story uh, <laughs> that the movie was made of, it's that kind of picture. Yeah. The guy's riding in the car and his passenger is gone suddenly, that kind of picture. But the continuation of the chapter then says so um, they ask, where to, Lord? Where where will they be taken? And then Jesus' answer is, where the, where the corpses are, there the vultures will gather. Um, so in the context of it, it doesn't sound like a child of God being taken away yeah. because I don't want to go where the vultures are or where the corpses are. I want to be in <laughs> eternal life with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I, I don't think... We hold out for a rapture, but for me, the whole view around that takes us away from a victorious Christian view.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The
2: fact that when the moment when Jesus came, and Rob, you and I spoke about this a lot before, we get excited because <laughs> we want to have a view like Jesus said—that says the kingdom of heaven has come. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a view of God uh, saying, "I'm coming." To take back what is rightfully mine. Jesus is the King of heaven, He's the King of earth, the name above all names. Um, And so we need to see that Daniel view where the kingdom of God, that small little bit that came in from the mountain and crushed the kingdoms of the earth, where it fills the entire earth. Now, a rapture doesn't fit into that kind of thing. Just my other thought about that is um, all throughout Scripture, God never took His children out from the earth. Rather, he sows them like seeds in the earth or like salt and like light. We are here with a purpose. And if we want to leave it, it leaves me then feeling, oh, I don't really love this earth. I just want to escape from it and God must wipe it out. Rather, Jesus came, gave up his life and went through suffering with a victorious mindset to say, for the joy that is behind this, that come after this, I will endure. And I think that's, that's the hard attitude. God will sustain us in the midst of hardship. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and, and I, I think that what we've got to really understand that we, we don't really get a picture of tribulation in the West. Because I think it's so, it's so um, short-sighted for us to think, oh, this is a tribulation coming. What about our brothers and sisters in China? What about our brothers and sisters in North Korea? What about, you know, we, we just look at the church that is being persecuted. Are they not in tribulation now? Hmm. Would they? How would they feel if we said, oh, we think this corona is the tribulation, when they've been going through years and years of persecution? Hmm. You know, I, we, we've got to be careful that we don't, we don't come to a place where we read our culture, our present, into the scripture. We need the scripture to speak back to us. Yeah. Um, what Jesus was saying. Mm. And our glasses of interpretation can be very dangerous mm. because we see one bad thing on the horizon. We come now and we say, well, this must be the tribulation. Yes. Now we're waiting for the mark of the beast, as it were. Um, yet, for, for all the years, there have, been, there have been Christians persecuted going through tribulation. Um, Revelation chapter 3, is it? Um, Church of Philadelphia? That, that are being persecuted, they're, they're at the seat of Satan, they're, they're at the throne of Satan, um, and um, in, in the end, he says, I'm coming soon, hold on to what you have, so no one will take your crown. I mean, there's a, there's a perseverance in this. Mm. You know, guys, You it's tough, it's rough, but you can't give up because there's a crown that you're about to get. Yeah. So even when we talk about tribulation, Um, I don't see in Scripture, as God says, I don't see um, God zapping us out. Mm. Um, There's this picture of overcoming. To those who overcome, I will give them to be pillars. You know, to those who overcome, I'll give them to eat of the the heavenly manna. Um, And so there is a real picture that we miss, I think, and that is is that um, these things that are coming, have been coming for years and years since the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. Um, there's been an experiencing of of various trials over the years, so I wouldn't be jumping to the conclusion that this must be the end. Mm. Uh, particularly in light of of history, history has shown horrific things taking place far worse than we're seeing right now. Um, and if we were to be able, if we were to compare what we're going through.
0: To what history has shown, I think this would be a walk in the park. I want to just jump in here quickly because a lot of what you're saying is, I think, a lot of stuff that we don't often hear preached um, from from the church in general. I think a lot of what I'm hearing is, you know, the kind of escapism message of everything's going to be good, we're always fine, which we know in the end, Jesus wins, and we will be with him for all of eternity. That's the piece that, that that I carry in my heart, and that we carry. But but I think we um, the, the whole crux of it is should we actually expect to not have difficult times? Because I know uh, Peter writes about suffering, and there's a lot in Scripture about suffering, and and knowing that even in that we partner with Christ. But to know that there's a hope in our suffering, there's a joy in our suffering, like Jesus was was it Hebrews um, what's it twelve two where it says for the joy that was set before him. Um, so so is is that maybe. What Christians need to hear in this time is that, you know, it doesn't mean it's never going to be difficult, but but there's something that we can, that we have that others don't have in difficult times like that. That suffering is actually not something to be uh, evaded, but to be embraced, but to, to do it with the joy and the peace and the hope and the faith and those things that Scripture talks about. I don't know if, if you can speak into that for a moment.
2: Do you want to go, God? Yeah, I'm just thinking about right from the start, just before Jesus greeted his disciples and he said to them, listen, they treated me this way. If I'm the master, the servants will not be treated different. So he was speaking about um, physical persecution, uh, actually dying. Yeah. So yes, I do think on the other hand, we might have an expectation that in the midst of hardship, God um, God sustains us. Yeah. So when we're saying we don't expect to um, suffer apart from our father looking out for us. Like that Egypt picture, um, there's some of those initial hardships that it sounds like the Israelites endured with the rest of the nation. And then very quickly is by the third one that God makes it clear. He says, but my people in Goshen will not see the darkness, will not endure the flies, will not whatever the plagues are. Um, so I think we can expect that, that in the midst of, let say, financial trouble my father will supply my needs according to his riches and glory. Mm -hmm. Um, So even in the midst of a world suffering, uh, we can trust that God will sustain us Mm -hmm. in the midst of it. Um, But I do believe that there's no promise ever in scripture um, that God says, uh, tough times is not part of walking with the Lord. Uh, But we must remember that my father doesn't bring tough times on me just for the sake of heaping yeah. it on me. I've got a very good father, and I can trust that he will sustain me and he will supply what I need. He will heal all of those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, on the other hand, I, I just want to bring it across. We mustn't make each other scared. With yeah. saying your dad's got it in for you. <laughs> that's that's
1: Yeah, it, yeah I think that, that in many ways, that's where my kingdom perspective uh, and and... Probably my biblical theology comes in, which a lot of people don't like biblical theology, um, where the, the long-term pictures uh, are important. And the understanding that, that yes, Satan has been conquered, he's been stripped of his powers, but we've been given that, that responsibility to go and to make disciples of all the earth. Um, and we're on hostile ground. So there's going to be conflict. I mean, for us to believe that there'll be no conflict means that we will never, ever enter the darkness and take the the captives out. It means that we're going to go and sit in churches and try and hide away from everything that's going on. So, yes, I do believe that when we do act in terms of the kingdom, there will be conflict. Um, And I do believe that there's conflict in the world because there is still... uh, a, a ruler running around here creating havoc. So we've got to be in a space where we recognize it's not a season. It's always been there. Mm. But our task is still to go and to set the captives free and to heal the sick and to, and to give sight to the blind, to give hope to the hopeless. So we've got to see that there will be conflict in that always. Mm. Uh, light and darkness have no fellowship with one another. And and we need to bring the light into the darkness. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of want to push it a little bit further. Um, I think that there's a practical application. You asked a question, Voldo. How does our millennial view influence uh, the way we live our lives? Out. Hmm. Well, if I'm waiting to be rescued, I'm certainly not going to be persevering. Yeah. I, I'm I'm just waiting. Oh, I wish Jesus would come. You know. Um. Today must be the day, uh, but if, if I'm not expecting a rescue, but a, a perseverance and a continuation, then it makes a big difference. Mm. But I also think it when we look at what we believe in terms of long term, it's got to do with what we're aiming at. If we if we believe in if we believe in a rapture and we're aiming at a rapture, then our lives are not really going to be changed very much because he's going to come and take us out of it. Yeah. If we're believing that, well, you know what, we're in the golden age of the church. We're in the thousand years now. You know, we just need to enjoy it because God is ruling and reigning. Um, we're just going to sit around. But but if we yeah blinded. <laughs> but but if we're in a, in a space where we say, well, what are we aiming at? Well, we're aiming at Jesus. Being in fellowship with Jesus, yeah. being in relationship with Jesus, that's that's the millennium that we're wanting. Yeah. That's the forever that we want, but we can actually have it right now. We can have that relationship with Him right now. So for me, when you say to me, Rob, how much does my my millennial view, uh, how does much does my um, end times view affect the way I live? It affects it completely. Yeah. Because I, I'm looking for the victory that we have in Jesus uh, because he's with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And as God said, you know, we've got to trust that our Father will take care of us in the bad times. Hmm. But more than that, Jesus said, and lo, I'm with you until the end of the age. So we're actually already walking with him. And then I'm going to throw something else in just because I want to throw something in the water. Uh I don't believe
0: we're ever going to live in heaven. Okay. Yeah. Keep
2: going. Yeah. Nice. In on that. Um, Go I'm excited it. about that. Because that <laughs> changes everything. Yeah. If I start to see that, um, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, um, we will inherit the earth. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. The new Jerusalem comes down to earth. That changed everything for me from the moment that I started um, seeing that. Uh, because then, Everything I do on this earth, the way I treat the natural uh, elements, the, the way I do stewardship, the talents that I grow, um, all of those things become incredibly valuable because it will be there for all of eternity. Um, yeah. Because if I, if I believe I'm going to be raptured, then why do I have to look after the dolphins mm-hmm. and the uh, tigers or whatever else? There's no responsibility for what if I do here. Because everything's going to be gone, and I'm going to be floating on clouds or something. Um, So that one, sorry, Rob, that one changed everything. Um, William Hendrickson, I recently read a commentary on Revelations by him. He's an old guy, uh, and I could really recommend it. I loved it. Uh, But the title that he chose for his book is More Than Conquerors, which is a bit of a refrain in the book of Revelation. Um, And I think many times we don't read the book with that refrain in mind, uh, we read it with fear, uh, yeah. and and that's not it. It is a victorious book. It's saying yeah. we are reigning with Christ for all of eternity, and through him, in the midst of all these things, we will be more than conquerors.
0: Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And, and, you know, it, um,
1: often people will say it's just Revelation 21 that speaks you know, of the new heaven and the new earth. It's not. It's Isaiah. Hmm. Isaiah 65, Isaiah 66. Um, Peter speaks about it. So it's, it's a it's a concept that's coming through. In I'm talking biblical theology again. It's a concept coming through the Bible all the way. God isn't going to beam us up. We're not going to be sort of wafting around like angels. Um, we're here to stay. We're here to rule and reign on this earth. Uh, with Jesus, um, so when we talk about the millennial views, that's a reigning on earth yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, so if we're not going to be taken away and go and float around in heaven somewhere, um, and then we have to even ask where the heavens are, but we won't go into that today. Um, but, but <laughs> it, it really means that I'm I'm aiming at my however many thousands of millennia that I'm going to be on the earth with Jesus, and I'm getting ready for that. And he's even giving me an opportunity to share in his work of getting rid of that which doesn't belong on the earth, getting rid of sin in my own life, helping with people around me, and having victory over those things that steal us away from relationship with God, steal us away from being good
2: stewards of, yeah. of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. If we speak stewardship, um, we often forget that Jesus came and preached the kingdom of heaven.
0: Yes. Um,
2: yeah. So through all of these parables, that's the refrain. So I, I sometimes think that sadly gets lost in these conversations. We, yeah. we go to, the chapters like Matthew 24 and like the um, yeah <laughs> Revelation and all the strange apocalyptic images. Well, in the parables of Jesus, he says time and time again, listen, there were workers in the field um, and these guys didn't uh, give God what was due to him. So who got thrown out into the outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth? Hmm. Who got given the field? All of those kind of things. Um, there was guys who were giving talent, and when he comes and he takes stock of what they did, who gets thrown out? It's the guy mm-hmm. who doesn't have the right relationship with his master, who believed the lie about him. Who, who gets to keep what was given them for all of eternity? So in those pictures, I think in the parables, um, Jesus sketches it time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. The way I live my life here, the way I work with what he gives me, where I walk, what I have. Um, determines whether I have that for all eternity and whether I'm trusted with more, like Mm -hmm. in the parables time and time again. Okay, now you rule over cities. Now you get given more responsibility. Um, And then right there at the end of Revelation, always the big question, so who's walking in and out this gate of this city? (laughs) You those people! (laughs) (laughs) Because we part of the city. Mm -hmm. Um, It means that we get given real responsibility which should... Guys like Andrew and the guys he's dealing with in the business circles, man, it must get us excited. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I just want to tag in on something on here as well that you guys are, are very much speaking to is, is, you know, what should a mature kind of Christian approach be? And, and I would be amiss to not talk about the, the real circumstances we're in right now in terms of coronavirus or COVID 19 or whatever you, you want to call it. But as Christians, then, um, you know, Jesus said, he demonstrated the kingdom. Whatever he did, de- he came and he demonstrated the kingdom and we saw it through things like healings and people being restored, uh, relationships being uh, redeemed, a lot of things like that. So he came to demonstrate what the kingdom looks like. And he would even say the kingdom of heaven has come near today. And I know there's a lot of, uh, there's even two different uh, perspectives. Maybe there's more, but I only know if there's the kingdom now and the kingdom kind of later perspectives and from what I'm gathering is that we believe the kingdom is now it's it's where we are where Christ is in us the kingdom is coming so so just in terms of like for us practically right now we believe that where we where we go we appropriate the kingdom Uh, we actually have the ability to appropriate the kingdom what would be some and I know Pastor Rob you mentioned a few and you did as well God but for specifically the time that we're in now um, what would be yes. some practical, mature ways of, of living out this um, this kingdom mindset?
2: Yeah. If I can go first, Rob, and um, you can extend on it. It's, we've, we've been given authority in the place where we stay. So in the prayer meetings um, at 7 o'clock at the moment um, on the Zoom sessions, uh, even before this kicked off, it was interesting how the Spirit has been guiding, that we've been praying more and more into our nation. Mm. And uh, more and more we are taking up responsibility and saying, but we've got the authority to invite the will of God into the place where we stay. And I think you can feel like I'm locked up in my house, so I'm not putting my feet anywhere, so what territory is giving me? But I've been given the right to stay here, and God has entrusted me as a child of God with the authority to invite His will into the place where I stay. I can change the atmosphere of my neighborhood by worshiping where I am now. I can change the atmosphere of my nation by agreeing with Christian brothers and sisters as he told us and inviting in the will of God into this nation. Mm. Um, And the will of God is healing, that this disease will die, that the people who are sick at the moment will be healed, some Mm. of those who die may be raised, all Mm. of those kind of things, and that through all of this people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, Mm. will see His kindness and goodness and will be drawn to repentance. So um, intercession, I think, is a massive part. Oh. If you say otherwise, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it has been interesting to to watch the the direction of the prayers and how the Holy Spirit has led the prayer meetings um, and and the things that that have been put on our hearts. But but I want to say, look, th- these times are not going to be. They may be easy for some people, but they're very tough for others. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, we need to be real. Many of our business folk, um, who, who are sitting at home right now, uh, they know they've got to pay wages at the end of the month. They know that they, they, they've got to uh, do business, deliver business. Um, so this is this is a, a an abnormal time, and I think that what we've got to be able to understand is is that in all of it, we're still children of God. Yeah. Yes. And in all of it, he he hasn't left us suddenly because there was a coronavirus. He he hasn't stopped taking care of the things that he has always taken care of. And so I, I believe that in a time like this it's it's actually to be able to say, Do I have peace that God is bigger than Corona? Amen. That's the really the question that we're asking. Mm. Is God bigger than Corona? Is God bigger than the economy. Um, is God bigger than the, a, a, a single time? And, and when when anxiety and fear want to come in, um, I mustn't be looking for a rapture. That's that's not the answer. Um, I, I, I need to be in the place where I'm looking for the presence of God Amen. so yeah. that I can experience the peace that comes from His presence and that that out of His presence, I can step into whatever it is I've got to step into in the next days and weeks and months, and it may even be years that we've got to keep on stepping back into it. But remember what He said to those those various churches in Revelation: "To him who overcomes." Yeah, and He never leaves us in the circumstances. Um, I, I think the, the, the best Psalm at a time like this is Psalm twenty-three. You know, um, so. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. He sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He doesn't take me away from my enemies. He sets it in the presence of my enemies. I was just listening to God talking about the 70 elders going up and having supper with God on the mountain. That They're actually sitting with God having a meal. Now, that's kind of the Psalm 23 picture. I'm, I'm with God in the midst of the battle and 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 he's faithful and and he's never changed. So for me in these times, we've got to find God. yeah, yeah. and 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 yes, we may have to find new ways of doing things, just like we're doing now. Yeah. just like we're doing church differently, just like everybody's finding new ways of doing things. But in essence, if we don't find God in this time, then we would have lost the
0: time. yeah yes. I can honestly say just from, from something that I've experienced in the, these last couple of weeks has, has been just that. As soon as I I've started to to see the bigness of God, start to focus on the bigness of God and who He is, and, and we find it in Scripture, you don't have to have any, uh, you know, kind of a slain in the spirit moment or anything. You can literally just open up your Bible, read Psalms like Psalm 23, Psalm 37, Psalm 91, which is one that's come across quite a, a bit. And and realize that this is who God is. God, you mentioned about God providing from His riches and glory. I mean, all those those truths does something to the inside, and 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 it it re- literally casts a shadow over the worries and and the anxieties and the fears. That, and I believe that's what it means to live in the shadow of the Almighty, to be in that place where where His shadow is so big, where He is so big that everything other than that is is overpowered. Um, and that's worship, I suppose, like you said, Pastor Rob, it's, it's being in his presence, it's intercession, it's, it's just giving him glory and honoring him. And what's that song? Uh, Turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this world g- will grow strangely dim. So I, I really believe those are some powerful um, truths that you guys have given for, for people to step into and, and to take hold of in this time. Uh, because that's that's our portion is the peace and the joy and the worry-free inside of tribulation, inside of suffering, inside of persecution, we can have those those things more real than the realities coming from the outside. I don't know if you have any last thoughts. I know we, we've been going for quite a while.
1: I, I want to throw something out there on, on Psalm 23. Um, obviously, losing a leg was quite a traumatic thing. Um, but I remember a, a, a pastor friend of mine coming to visit me and um he read Psalm 23 to me, and I was still in intensive care, and he said to me, Rob, do you know when you see the shadows of death? And I said, well, nah, I'm, I'm not too sure, he said, when you're not looking at the light. Sure. If you're looking at the light, you don't see the shadows.
0: Sure.
1: And and, and it's, it stuck with me all the years, and obviously it carried me through that, that period of months uh, of, of recovery was am I actually looking to the light in all of this or am I looking into the shadows? Am I looking away from the, the source of my hope and my strength? Because when I look at him, I don't see the shadows, and that was it, it still sits with me today. Uh, such a powerful word in a
0: time of trouble in my life. Yeah, amazing. Garth, are you still there? I think we've lost Garth. Just you and I. We lost.
1: God.
0: We've lost. God. <laughs> but I think we can wrap it up, and um, for for tonight at least, Pastor Rob, I, I think that was really insightful, um, giving a, a real balanced kind of perspective on on the times that we're in from both you and Garth. Um, I don't know if you have any last thoughts you would want to just leave the viewers or listeners with, in terms of the times. Yeah. We're in. Yeah.
1: I just think that, that, that yeah, this is a time in which we can we can seek the Lord find his presence find his glory uh, and find out what he's got for us in these times yeah um, and and I, I do think it's a time that that we do need to pull alongside of each other and we need to pray for one another and encourage one another and and maybe it's even time for some prophetic words mm. uh, to be, released with encouragement, personal uh, prophetic words
0: for of encouragement for, for many who are really taking strain at this time Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much Pastor Rob, really appreciate your time, Garth is not here but he can listen back and hear us <laughs> thank him really appreciate it and, and for those who are listening or watching um, this was the first time I don't know what the sound quality will be like by the time you hear it or the video quality but we're going to do our best to keep giving you some real um, informative topics and things that are relevant to the times that we are in. Thank you so much for listening and watching.